Welcome to It's a Mindset, the podcast where we embark on a transformative journey to enhance your worth, wealth, and well-being. I'm Emma Lagalo, a wealth and mindset coach, and I'm here to guide you. In each episode, we explore the power of your mindset, featuring inspiring guest interviews, tips, and insights. Are you ready to dive in and discover that anything is possible when you put your mind to it? Welcome to episode two of It's a Mindset. It's fitting that the person who planted the seed for starting this podcast is also my first guest. Leticia Andrak, an energetics and strategy business mentor known as a business doula, joins us. She guides impact-driven entrepreneurs to harmonize intuition and strategy, creating businesses and lives that benefit people, profit and the planet. With a track record of leading successful growth and innovative programs in high-profile organizations, Leticia is also the accomplished author of Light It, How to Trust Your Intuition and Build a Thriving Business. I can thor- thoroughly recommend this book if you are an entrepreneur or even just navigating life and looking to harness the magic ingredient called intuition. Join us as we explore the transformative power of rituals, self-awareness and trusting your inner guidance to enhance your mindset. Her profound insights have inf- influenced my own journey helping us find that elusive harmony between intuition and strategy. Get ready to revolutionize your approach to life's challenges. And before we dive in, please appreciate Leticia's beautiful French accent. And please ignore my paper shuffling faux pas of a podcasting office. Hi, Leticia. Thank you so much for joining me today on uh, It's a Mindset. I'm so excited to have you here as my very first guest. Thank you for having me, Emma. I'm really excited that this podcast is now officially born. It is. It is. And I have you to thank for planting the seed as my business doula uh, around 10 months ago uh, to say that you thought it would be great for me to have a podcast. And so it's very fitting that I have you on. Uh, You've been such an inspiration to me and to have you on my podcast as my first guest. So thank you very much for that. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your background, uh, your life journey, any pivotal moments that have shaped who you are today. Ooh, that's a very good question. So um, the pivotal moment. So I am Laetitia Andrac. I am a business doula, as you've said, and I am born and raised in the south of France and moved to Australia about nine years ago now. And I think it's one of the pivotal moments that um you know drove me to australia which is my own burnout um so when i was a strategy consultant back in paris uh in a, the, a big firm that i was working for and working around projects across uh, europe and the us and so on i hit burnout and that was one of the key moments that shaped me as the work that i'm doing now helping other business owners grow their business without burning out and really establishing sustainable strategy processes and intuitive approaches for them to grow their business but also the move to australia and becoming a mother all of that came from that pivotal moment in 2014 and of course before that i had so many pivotal moments and since then so many other pivotal moments but if i had to choose one explaining what i'm doing today it's coming from there yes yes uh, i know um your your book um is incredible which we haven't really we touched on but that uh, explains 
a lot about your burnout and really I think that's what drew me to want to work with you uh, was was that story and I think that wisdom of, of having gone through that period in your life and thank goodness you moved to Australia so that I could meet you <laughs> and then you could guide me on my business journey uh, and I know when I reached out to you it really I, what I, I loved was that you had uh, that spiritual side um, I think it was the Ayurveda in, in business course that yeah. was the initial um, sort of place where I started working with you and I really loved to wanted to bring that into my business as I was growing it so that it was sustainable because being a mother as well uh, and being a business owner I know it's so it's a lot to juggle yes yes yeah yeah so another question I have is a little bit of an icebreaker and that's what is one unusual or adventurous thing on your bucket list I would love to go on a horse riding trip to Mongolia. Wow. So uh, it's something that's been on my bucket list for quite some time. And then, you know, became pregnant, became a mother and all of that. But I know that when the girls will be a bit older, I still allow myself to go for retreats for five days here, a week there. But I would love to go for three weeks in Mongolia and riding a horse. So I used to be a very good horse rider and I used to have my own horse when I was younger. So I would love to horse ride in Mongolia and meeting different shaman and learning about this beautiful culture. Don't ask me why. It's part of the thing where I feel called to go somewhere and then I go and I find beautiful culture and knowledge like how I was called to Australia and how I'm now very grateful to be learning from first nations elder and mentor of mine so i'm sure there is something for me to learn in mongolia so that's my adventurous bucket list which i haven't shared with many people because it's quite a big one and i'm uh you know i know that when i share things like this <laughs> i need to action on it so now that it's here on your podcast i better start actioning this <laughs> Wow. Yes. Well, I look forward to seeing that uh, come to life. Um, that's it is. That's a very good one. It's very different and unusual, but it doesn't surprise me because I do know you uh, are really drawn to Indigenous culture and yes. all of that. And so I'm sure there are some lessons for you to learn in Mongolia, which you will no doubt share with all of us when uh, when you learn them. So, yeah, bring it on. Sounds exciting. <laughs> Yes, I'm not excited about drinking the yak milk, which apparently is disgusting, but I'm excited about the other things that I may discover there. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think it's very barren, isn't it? So, yeah. um, but I, I'm sure there's, it's it's a huge country, so I'm sure it'll be, yeah, amazing, really incredible. So, yeah, that's a good one. Very good. So this podcast is called It's a Mindset. So now we are going to dig into a little bit uh, more around mindset. And I'm so intrigued to hear your answers because I know you do a lot of work on mindset yourself and you help your clients with that as well. So I would love to know, uh, do you have rituals or practices that enhance your overall well-being and personal growth? Oh, la la, so many. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a ritual addict. Um, I love rituals. And for me, they're definitely a way to clear, make space and clear all the chatter so that I can, you know, move forward with alignment and knowing what this energetic alignment means. So I have so many rituals. And I think 
they come and go and but the one that are always here whatever is happening they don't change with the seasons they don't change with the my own internal season and all of that are my early morning ritual my midday ritual and my evening ritual those are anchor in my day so my morning ritual is really having a cold shower and singing under the shower like that is as I have two young daughters and, you know, I kind of do what I was doing before, which was meditating when I wake up or, you know, having a mindful cacao in the morning. Like the morning is the girls jumping on our bed if they're not yet sleeping in our bed, because this happens quite often too. So it's jumping on our bed and then getting ready the lunch boxes and all that. So I cannot do my morning rituals that I was doing before being a mother, but what is is really this sacred moment where I am in my shower, I close the door of my bathroom, and I have this mindful shower with cold water and really breath work and singing in my shower. It's really something very, very, like something I do every day. Cannot not do it. So that's my hygiene, my mother mo morning mother hygiene, <laughs> really clearing with the water and feeling the water going through my body and so on. So this is like morning and then if I have more time, if I'm away or if Yuan is looking after the girls, I may journal, I may pull a card, I may meditate, I may chant and all that, which are all the ritual. But this is the bare minimum is this mindful cold shower with singing and breastwork. The other one is lunch. Lunch, not in front of my laptop. And then going for a walk barefoot with my dog or by myself. It's really something that really anchor me. And it's something that I learned through the teaching of Ayurveda, which I'm a practitioner of. And it's really after lunch, going for a walk, inviting movement at this time of the day is really powerful. And for me, it's stepping away from the laptop and everything, really beautiful. So lunch, which come from France, like we don't eat in front of our laptop. And even when I was a general manager in Telstra, I would take my whole team out of their desk and be like, we all meet at the kitchen and we have a lunch, which is very different in the Australian culture due to the lunch boxes and you eat as you go and so on. But for me, it's like we eat lunch and we chat and we are present and we're not in front of our screen. And then the walk. And the other thing is my evening ritual. So in the evening, every evening before sleeping, wherever I am, even when I'm camping, I will have my journal, write my three things I'm grateful for pull cards and write down a few things that are coming up. So doing a journaling practice and then a meditation. So that's like non-negotiable. And if I have more time, more space, I may do a bit of evening yoga. I may do a bit of, you know, oiling in my body, things like that. But those are the bare minimum rituals. And that keeps me sane, grounded and nourishing myself, like putting my own mask first, which I know you're huge on. So really putting my own oxygen mask first. That was a long answer. I hope that helps. It did. It really helped. And when I was asking you, I was thinking, oh, you know, that I would know what you're going to say because I feel like I, I know you well and I know, you know, you do. I know a lot of the mindfulness things that you do do, uh, but the shower was definitely outside the box uh, that I wasn't aware of, but I love that as well. And it probably leads into the next question around how you stay consistent with your habits, um, even in challenging times and maintaining a positive out, um, a positive mindset. And I know with young children, as you were saying, it, it can be hard to have a rigid routine. You have to be quite flexible. Uh, so. Yes. 
yeah, I think that that's really important. So is there anything else uh, that you could say about how you managed to stay consistent when I know we talk a lot about uh, raising our, our children and how, yeah, you, you really just have to go with the flow so much more yeah. than we, yes. we were before. Mm. I think it's all about expectations. So it's uh, definitely going back to what's truly essential in your rituals, in your own practices, in your own self-care. So, you know, rather than putting all the things that you can when you have plenty of time and when you own your own schedule and when your kids are sleeping through the nights and when you know all of that of course you can add more things but what I always say is what is truly essential which is the name of my brand essential shift but what's truly essential what will actually move the needle for you and getting to that essential part of your ritual so that you're still doing it but you're not going for a full, you know, of course, when I go on retreat for five days in the bush with uh, my um, mentors or when I guide retreats, we do way more rituals. We do like for hours. We have plenty of times. It's all about this, right? But during my day to day, it's really what is essential and what will help me thrive. And this is where I go for what is truly essential. And then nothing can get in the way even when I'm traveling even when we are you know flying home for 24 hours I'm still with my journal and writing it down and then the girls do it too Zoe loved to join me in the evening Zoe is seven now and she pulls card and when she was younger she would draw what's coming on the card and now she starts writing so she can write things and then we talk about what she's written and what I have written and what we are grateful for. So you can also involve your family and your kids in those rituals. We have a big family ritual every Sunday evening, which is writing for a whole year what we are grateful for in that week. And then at the end of the year, we open this jar and we review all those post-its. So I think it's very important to also involve your family because... You may feel like you're doing the work on your own, but actually the work you're doing, you can involve your uh, friends, family and community into it so that everyone can rise. I love that. And yeah, it's so important to me that we are good role models for our kids, but also for others around us. And so that you, yeah, you, you carve out what's essential, but then you also bring others in to uh, support you and and in turn support them and then everyone you know is on the same page and they know I guess what's going on in each other's worlds a little bit more as well which is really important uh, especially in a family yes very good so now could you share an experience where stepping out of your comfort zone uh, has shifted your mindset mindset <laughs> so many <laughs> Okay, so I will pick one that is uh, more recent, which is uh, stepping into becoming an, a published author. This has been a big journey, a big uh, mindset shift for myself to embrace this new identity, embrace this new way of being, of stepping into being an author, because I had different role in my life but I haven't had yet endorsed that role of being an author and this is where stepping outside of my comfort zone came from the moment I had the idea of writing this book and then being like okay I am going to write a book so all the limiting belief all the stories in my head that were blocking me from that and I needed to shift through it to start writing and then along the way to getting published, other story came up. And every time I needed to be aware and shift my mindset to embrace 
this journey. And don't think that the path was linear and it was like a highway. It's definitely a beautiful scenic route that I took in my journey to writing a book and to becoming a published author and a best-selling published author, but really embracing the journey and being ready to shine the light on every limiting belief, all the moments where you need to shift your mindset and seeing that as a gift for growth. I know that the person I am today, nearly two years after having this book coming to me under a new moon in Scorpio early November 2021, has really been transformative two years. And girlfriends who have known me since I'm two and a half years old would say in the last two years, my transformation accelerated. So I know that by taking this bold move and being like, okay, I'm going to be an author and writing in English and publish a book around intuition and business. So very edging and different to what is out there in terms of business books had me stepping into a new power and a new way of being. I love that. I really do. And yeah, I know there's so many different layers to uh, that stepping out of your comfort zone. I know that writing in English uh, was yeah. a huge um, block at the start because yes. your native language is, is French. Uh, although that ended up being, I remember at the book launch, you were saying that that actually ended up being something that gave you some comfort because... <laughs> I was not comparing myself to Shakespeare because I'm yes. not a native English speaker. <laughs> that <was easy. laughs> yeah, that's right. But I've been having been through uh, the the light process at one of your retreats. It is just so incredible to uh, experience that in person. And the book is is a great way for anyone to to sort of get a little taste of it. So I urge you to to read that book if you're a business owner or not. I'm you know you can really get something out of it because I think it's really important for all of us to tap into our intuition as much as we possibly can in life. Mm, all right. You. So another question I have is um how significant do you believe inner work? and cultivating self-awareness are in the journey of mindset development. Could you share some of the inner work you've personally undertaken to enhance your mindset? So I would say it's essential. The inner work and the inner world is essential for you to shift your mindset in life, in business, through any event that you may encounter. And personally, I have done so much inner work I am always investing in myself to grow, to learn from different mentors, different practices. I'm kind of a self-development junkie and a retreat addict. So uh, definitely uh, you don't need to do everything that I'm doing <laughs> because otherwise you'll put yourself in under some, you know, kind of high standard of self-development. You don't need to be a type A person around self-development. But for me around my inner work, some things that really, really helped me was uh, working around psychodrama. And so I am actually training around this for the last seven and a half years. And psychodrama really helped me understand the different drama that are happening in my life, in my uh, intergenerational trauma and all that. So it's been really a deep work of shining the light on those things that I inherited or those imprints from my way of being raised, from the place I was raised at, the community and all of those kind of things. So I've been learning a lot from Kaliak, who is my mentor around this. And I am truly grateful for that. And I love using it now with some of my clients when they come on retreats or in a safe space one-to-one. -one. It's not something that I will run, you know, for big, big um, group or community, but it's, it's really 
powerful work. So psychodrama really helped me in terms of my inner work. Another part was uh, neuro manifestation. So I worked a lot with Lacey Phillips and Dr. Tara Swart around this and really beautiful way to shine the light on reprogramming my neuro pathway and identifying blockages for things to happen in my life and becoming an author. I've really been a work of uh, an inner work of neuro reprogramming along with becoming a full-time business owner, along with becoming a mother, all those moments were really deep neuroscience work. So mindset, inner work. And then I would give a third example, which is really working through, uh, you know, shamanic practices and embracing my lineage and embracing the healer lineage that I have and that I come from. So really diving deeper and deeper into that lineage to make sure that I'm really honoring it and embodying it in the best way. So those three things may have been the most important one in the last few years, but so many other practices I have embraced, you know, from meditation, Vedic meditation, Japa meditation, all of those practices of different form of meditation really helped me. I journal all the time. And I think journaling is really another way also to explore your inner world and work on introspection and all of that. So really journaling daily, but also doing big journaling session under the new moon and the full moon, which I facilitate within my membership, the circle. So all of those practices, basically, I think I'm always a work in progress and the work is never done until I die. But really, I think it's a cyclical process. And the more you work on yourself, the more you discover new things. But I'm also huge on giving space for integration. So sometimes I also take breaks from learning to integrate what I have learned. So I took a few months break from my own medium psychic teacher to dive into this gift that's coming from my lineage and my family. And I told Liz, who is based in Switzerland, I think I need a time for integration. And I was like, I'm glad that you're you know, giving yourself this space to integrate. So we took a pose, so then I can integrate and then I can start working again from giving space for this integration. I'm huge on allowing my clients this space for integration because, you know, otherwise you're always doing the work, but never, you know, integrating it. And I think to cook a ratatouille, it needs time to soak in. So let it soak in as well. Yes, I think it's so important to, because uh, it sounds like you, and I know you do a lot uh, of of work and you're definitely always surprising me with the different things. I mean, I, there's so many questions I have around, you know, psychodrama in particular, uh, what, what that even involves. Uh, would you say that it's for everyone or do you think you have to be certain? No. Yeah. Psychodrama, you know, as long as you find a the great space holder for you to go through psychodrama therapy. I think it's it's really a beautiful way to explore your own story and work on it. So it's in a group setting and it's working in a group and you're working on your own drama. So basically you, you step up and you share your drama on stage and then you welcome the other people who are here and you give them role and it's really a beautiful way to then shift on roles. And even if you're just attending and you're just picked for a role for someone else's drama, you're getting the medicines that you need from playing that role. And I started psychodrama when I discovered I was pregnant with Zoe. So Zoe is now seven. So about seven years and even more than seven now she is. So seven years and nine months ago, I started psychodrama because when I discovered I was pregnant with Zoe, I was like, oh, there are things that I need to work on 
because I am going to be the mother to a girl and I was the daughter to my mom. So there are things that I need to work on so then I can show up as the best mother I can be and I'm not perfect. But then I could shine the light on the relationships, the dynamic with my mother, with my grandmother, with my great-grandmother, with my auntie, all of the feminine figure in my family so that I can you know, be aware of it and then show up in the best way and really do some healing and some work. So anyone can do psychodrama and really be with the right teacher is what I would say. Don't go with someone we did like three days workshop and then, you know, they're just hosting this for you. Really be mindful about who you're working with because unfortunately in this day and age, you have a lot of people who, you know, I'm on a croisade against who are like self-declared this, self-declared that. Just check their credentials and be very mindful because when you enter that work, it's deep work. So be prepared to, you know, go for a few years <laughs> of this work to develop the difference role in the different persona yes okay so yes find someone that you really trust uh to do that sort of work but i i like that you also talk about you know journaling and things that are are more accessible that uh just to get started and i'm a big advocate for journaling and meditation and, and and all of that so i think that that's important to maybe take baby steps and yes. you know if you're at the beginning of your journey of wanting to you know develop your mindset uh, or move it into more positive territory uh, but then you can really take it into the stratosphere yes like you like done. the sky is a limit you can always do more things but what i would always say if someone is starting and you're like oh i don't know where to start just start with one thing and some things that gives you joy don't start this kind of inner work and self-development work as a chore. It's not a chore. It's really something that you're doing for yourself, for your community, for your family. So really start doing some things that gives you joy. And maybe it's dance embodiment. And maybe you start by dancing or maybe it is singing. Like I didn't mention, but I took singing lesson after having Lou and I reconnected back with the power of chanting and learning, playing harmonium and all of that. So it's like, start with something that gives you joy don't start with meditation if it's something that like oh my gosh they said i should meditate so i'm gonna do 10 minutes meditation and i just freaking hate it don't do that do something that really gives you joy beautiful beautiful way to sum that all up I'm going to talk now a little bit more um, about balance um, and, you know, balance living and advice. So how do you balance pursuing your goals with maintaining your self-worth and your overall well-being? So I uh, don't really use the word balance. I use the word harmony because I think when we look at the balance and I'm also an astrologer. So if you look at the representation of the Libra, it's a scale. And what I don't really like with the word of balance and the expectation of balance is you expect the scale to be at equilibrium. And I truly believe that equilibrium is impossible. It's all about harmony. So finding your own harmonious way to weave your goal with your self-care. And there is season in your life, depending on the seasons that you're in outside. If it's summer, your harmonious way of being will be different to winter. In winter, you need more self-care and more rest and you're less outgoing and maybe your business will go a bit slower. Whereas in summer, it's full bloom, you have full energy, the sun is out and you really want to create more things in your business. Everything is happening and maybe there is a bit of less space for self-care or rest. And that's okay. That's the season outside 
guiding you to, you know, if we look at us as being farmers, as business owners, we are following the cycle of the season. So that's where I speak about harmony rather than balance. And for me, the harmony comes with my check-in. So every day when I go on my shower, then when I go on my walk, or then in the evening is checking in. What, how am I feeling and what do I need? Do I need to ingest more self-care or do I want to do more of the thing that will then create the impact towards the goals that I want to achieve? And I love to check in like this, but then when I check my goals, I love to do it on a quarterly basis so that it's not like, oh my gosh, yesterday, this and this and that didn't happen. It's overall what happens this quarter. So zooming out to the quarter and then zooming out to the year rather than putting myself under the pressure of the 24 hours a day because we as women are cyclical being and we work on 28 days of cycle of the moon and our own inner cycle. And if you're not bleeding anymore, you're aligning with the cycle of the moon. So really measuring your performance on a day-to-day basis is actually driven by a way of being and that is more into the masculine gender energy so really connecting with that flow is really helping me so i love i love to zoom out and measure the achievement of my goal and daily check in for what do i need to bring more to feel harmonious and and then this is really helping me to stay in touch with myself rather than someone else pushing me and saying oh you need to do that or oh you need to do this I run my own business, as I say in my book, as a sacred CEO. So I'm very sacred. So I honor my sacredness by checking in. Yeah. So again, coming back to that intuition and listening yeah. to you, you know, what your body is saying. And I, I, I really uh, like your advice about looking at it from, you know, a month or a quarter rather than yeah. what did I do today? Yeah. Oh, I haven't done enough today because you're looking at it an overall picture. And I think that can be really important because we can sometimes get just bogged down when yeah, things don't go our way and we don't achieve what we want in a day and it can really start to think we're not going to get to our goals but it's yeah looking at the bigger picture we so have this saying in french oh, sorry. So, yep. no, no, we have this saying in french and i don't know if you have it in english which is like rome wasn't built in a day mm, and it's do. really something that you know really helps my team and helps me to to sometimes life happen like one of my team member uh cut herself on her hand uh, last week and she couldn't get anything done for a week, but that's okay. It's like, we're fine. We will do it, you know, across this month or across this quarter. Like, as I always say, I'm not a brain surgeon. So um, whatever I do, there is not a patient life in my hand. So if it's not done today, it can be done another day. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, we can apply it to other things in our lives as well. Like, I mean, you know, if you're renovating your house or building a new home and I, I know, you know, those things, yeah, you can think that the progress isn't happening quickly enough. But yeah, if you look at the bigger picture that eventually it's it's going to all be worth it. So I think you can put that in other areas of life as well, not just business or career. So, you know, good. So considering both financial and broader aspects of wealth, and, you know, I love talking about true wealth and I know you do as well. Uh, what principles or advice can you offer for a balanced and fulfilling life? Mm, so I love that. I love this question. And it's really a timely question because as we approach the end of the year, a lot of people measure their wealth in terms of their monetary results. And yes, financial results is a part of the wealth, 
but there are like so many other parts of feeling wealthy and feeling abundant. So I really want to invite everyone to look at their life overall and, you know, using Emma's work to guide you through this process of really shining the light on all the aspects of your life where you can feel wealthy. So for me, like what I'd recommend for someone to really find this harmonious way of embracing true wealth, which is maybe time with your family, being healthy, having, you know, a holiday plan, uh, having a nice home, uh, all of those kind of things, whatever is the wealth definition for yourself. So starting defining it and gathering all the pieces of what makes you feel wealthy, but then to create this harmonious way, it's really by shining the light on what you have rather than what you want. Everyone is always looking for the next thing. And I'm guilty of that as well. You know, right now, published my book, finished my in-person book tour, planning my online book tour now. I'm like, oh, this is what I want next. What have you achieved? What is wealthy right now in your life from the connection I made, from the conversation I had, from the message I received daily of people with red lighted and like, oh my gosh, it's shifted this in me. Even my own psychodrama teacher, that's a big thing. Thank you, Kaliak, sent me an email on Friday being like, I started reading Lighted and it is changing my way of seeing self-care. Like my own teacher for over seven years sending me this email. I was like, whoa, it makes me cry. But really like this thing are so important. What do you have? And take a moment to take stock of everything you have. And then you create this harmonious way of calling in the other things that you want. And it's a, tr a trick a try that I detail in my book, Light It, which is what you want in your vision is um, an equilibrium and harmonious way of your past, your present, and your future. So stop always being focused on the future. Look at the past. Look at what is now. And I'm so grateful to be here in this conversation with Emma today and for her to bring this podcast to all of you. It's such a blessing. Like you're going to shift your mindset in ways that you haven't thought about yet. So really listen to all of her episode. And then from the future, what am I calling in in the future? Yeah, that's beautiful. And it, I, I was just thinking of the gratitude piece, um, how important that is to yeah be grateful for everything that we we have um and you know there's so always is so much to be grateful for I just think that we do have a lot of wealth in our lives you know if we're, we've got our health we've got our yeah a, a roof over our heads um you know we have connection all of that thing that is so important and that's yeah really you know what if we start with gratitude then we can build from that and it's yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful thing all right, we're nearly there. <laughs> Thanks so much for answering. They're, they're quite deep questions, aren't they? Now that I, I love them, I'm going into them. them. So we're going to talk now a little bit about legacy and impact. So, what impact do you hope to leave on the world, particularly in terms of enhancing worth, wealth, and well-being for yourself and others? That's a beautiful question. And for me, a big mission in my business is really to heal the way women are running their business and their life. So really reconnecting them with their intuition, which is a divine feminine energy, so that they can bring their impact into the world. So I really believe that this part of wealth is everything. Having the ability to empower other women 
so that they can take this sacred work, work sorry, and impact in return as a butterfly effect or the mind or the soul or their being is really powerful. And, you know, that's what I, I thrive for. Like I want my legacy to be my daughters, my granddaughters, my great granddaughter being like, oh, you know, our grandmother, great grandmother, mother wrote this book, liked it. And now everyone is talking about intuition in business and it's actually critical. So let's reclaim that divine feminine energy and let's run our business on in a different way, not a go-go masculine way. I really want to, you know, empower everyone to to go down that path and maybe I will write another book and maybe this other book will be about something else. So I really want to like impacting another way of being a business owner. I want everyone to stop de delegating their intuition to everyone else or following someone else's blueprint to success and all of that. I really want people to tune in. That's my legacy. Wow, that is uh, so generous. Um, I really love that, that you're really using all of your skills and everything to to share them with others so then they can go on and be their best selves and have an impact as well. So yeah, it is it's a beautiful, a beautiful impact. And you are doing it. You are doing that every day and you have done that for me and I know for so many women in your membership and in you know, your masterminds and now through your book. Uh, so you are definitely on the path. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So one question, um, a little bit more of a fun question. Well, we'll see anyway. But if you could change one thing about the world overnight, what would it be and why? Mm, I would love for this world to be embracing generative dialogue and deep listening. I would love people to really use their two ears and one mouth and every one of us to listen deeply beyond our difference of opinion, beyond our different beliefs, beyond our different thought, to really put ourselves in the space of radical acceptance, radical compassion, really this deep generative dialogue that I'm thriving for. And I would really love that to be, you know, changed with my magic wand. I'm a bit of a witch. So I'd love that to be, you know, something that I would see um, in my lifetime, embracing generative dialogue, so deep listening without any bias. Yes, and I think, you know, there's so much going on in the world right now that is uh, really, no, that people aren't listening to each other and yeah. it's heartbreaking to be witness to that. So I, I really hope that that comes to fruition more and more as well. It's a beautiful yeah. wish. Really lovely. Yeah, because with that, you know, love can come and peace can come and abundance can come. For me, it's really like it all starts with deep listening. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone else will say, oh, I want love. But for me, all of that comes from listening deeply to oneself, mm -hmm. to the ecosystem, rather than listening only to your ego. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful way to finish up. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to, um, you know, talk about that we haven't really touched on? And I would love for you just to share where people can find you. I'll leave everything in the show notes. But um, yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I can just add that if anyone is listening to this podcast and they are on their journey to starting working on their mindset, 
start wherever you are. And if you feel stuck or anything, just message Emma or myself and we can give you, you know, quick things that you can do to get you started. Like don't listen to this podcast and just be like, oh my gosh, I am not, you know, worthy or I'm not ready to do that work or I am not just start with a small thing. We all started with a small thing. So rebuild yourself from this tiny thing and then you know the compound effect will work out you're meeting me seven years down the track after my burnout so definitely I am not where no more than seven years like now nine years sorry nine years down the track so definitely the compound effect happened so don't compare yourself really start your journey wherever you are and start with those little steps so that you can create the compound effect and the transformation so that's the one thing. Then if you want to read light it, you can go on my website, www.essentialshift.co, and you will have the links to order light it on Amazon, Booktopia, Barnes and Nobles, wherever you'd like to shop. Basically, it's everywhere. Um, and if you want to connect with me on Instagram, I am at essential.shift. You can send me a little DM and we can start chatting. Yes, you do love a chat on uh, and the DMs on I Instagram. Love I love a chat with you there. So, and it's so true. I think uh, you could, you can get a bit scared off thinking about mindset and listening to, you know, all the work that Leticia does. Uh, but I know, I mean, well, you did come from a family of healers, uh, but yeah. you have created, you, you've made your life the way it is and you've chosen to take that path. And it's similar to me, um, you know, we, we've taken this path to, and I, I truly believe that it does so much of it starts with our mindset. And when we can shift our mindset, then, you know, anything is possible. And that is the tag for this podcast. And I think it, it's, it is really true. So thank you so much for Leticia for coming on today, for being my first guest. I, I think it went quite well. Um, and yeah, I'm just so grateful to have you in my world and motivating me and shifting my mindset uh, every chance you get. So thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Emma. Thank you for having me and for this beautiful interview. I'm excited for every one of you to listen to it. And what's helpful is leaving reviews. So if you love this podcast, leave a review on Emma's podcast platform, because as she starts a podcast, she really needs all of your help. So if you got a beautiful transformation from listening to this podcast, please take the time to leave a review. Thanks for joining It's a Mindset. If you found this episode valuable, consider sharing it with friends. Add it to your Instagram stories, tag me at Emma Lagalo, or simply spread the word. Follow me on Instagram for updates and share your topic suggestions. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review to help us reach more listeners. Remember, anything is possible when you put your mind to it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>